0: today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Interesting to watch uh, news cycles. Uh, Big story uh, to do with uh, the Russia investigation uh, late last week. Uh, Much of that obviously was overshadowed with uh, the hurricane coverage, Hurricane Florence, and the impact it was having on the Carolinas, Uh, obviously for valid reasons. But uh, the fallout from the uh, the Paul Manafort situation uh, is, uh, well, in many people's minds, significant. On Friday, the former campaign manager for the Donald Trump campaign struck a deal just days before he was supposed to have a second trial. Why, how, and what are they expecting to learn from him? Joining us to talk about this is Claire Finkelstein, Algeron Biddle Professor of Law and Professor of Philosophy at the University of Pennsylvania Law School. Claire, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for
0: having me, Bill. I was surprised, and I don't know if, uh, if you were or not, by this. Uh, Manafort has maintained, first of all, his innocence, of course, but even after convictions on, on previous trials, had said, look, he's never going to roll, he's never going to try to cooperate with these people. What changed his mind?
1: Well, as any seasoned prosecutor knows, when the pressure gets high enough, it's going to happen. And so uh, one had the feeling that uh, Manafort was going to hold out, hold out, hold out, but most prosecutors were betting that there was a point at which he was not going to be able to hold out anymore. And I think when the convictions came in from the Virginia trial, uh, the, he, was, he was facing a significant number of years in prison. He had no assurance of a, of a pardon from Donald Trump because it was a very risky thing for Trump to do. Um, and the evidence uh, started to look very significant against him for his upcoming trial. Uh, the pressure was too much for him to withstand.
0: Now, the White House response to this I, I found fascinating, and uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, of course, the the press secretary, uh, commented about this and said, well, it's no big deal as far as we're concerned because this has nothing really all to do with it. Because, uh, the, to talk about Manafort had always been with his involvement in Ukraine and had nothing to do with that. That's not quite accurate, is it?
1: It's not quite accurate, and of course they're going to spin it that way, um, this did have uh, an awful lot to do with Ukraine and his consulting for Ukraine, failing to register as a foreign agent, um, creating a bunch of shell companies, moving money around, not, not declaring the money, um, and patterns that Manafort has engaged in for a long time, uh, which he had engaged in previously, uh, many years ago, we, we have recently learned. Um, But it has great implications for the president, because Paul Manafort is the first person to roll who was actually present at that 2016 Trump Tower meeting. Uh, And so we may learn an awful lot about, now that he's willing to cooperate with uh, Mueller's team, we may learn a lot of things about that meeting, as well as other things about the president's Uh, engagement with the Russians that we didn't know previously thats the main significance for for Donald
0: Trump well as as the trial indicated uh, even though the charges may have been involved with something he was doing with Ukraine and try to influence those presidential elections and there seems to be some significant evidence that that happened uh, I guess one of the the subtext which may actually turn out to be much more important uh, at this point Claire is the uh, the relationship that he established while he was working in the Ukraine with Russian agencies
1: Well, that's right, exactly. And so Ukraine was kind of a testing ground for methods that Russia was using to try to influence uh, the popular opinion. Um, And he established um, a very significant relationship with a number of Russians, and we know that his relationship with Oleg Deripaska um, uh, is significant as well. Uh, and so he learned. He learned how to use these Russian disinformation techniques, um, and he was very much sort of in the um, in the pocket uh, of Russian intelligence. And then, uh, not surprisingly, he was the preferred choice to lead Donald Trump's campaign because of his knowledge of those methods. Uh, what we don't know is. How much he was in touch with the Russians while he was running that campaign, how much he was potentially um, following their lead, and how much Donald Trump knew about his contact with the Russians while all of that was going on. But I suspect it will now start to be revealed.
0: Well, and again, just to go past some of the the comments that have been already on the record from the uh, from toits uh, from the president and, and from others within his administration uh, they seem to be dismissing Manaford. Yeah, he was the campaign manager, but only for a short period of time. So that you know what what's the big deal as far as this goes? but I, I'm I'm going through Bob Woodward's book right now, Claire, as I'm sure you've already read, and uh, he makes the point in in that book that uh, that one of the reasons Manafort was was dumped from the campaign at some point, Uh, was for optics more than anything else because they were concerned about uh, what might be found out. And uh, Steve Bannon was the guy that was pulling the strings there. So, I mean, it's not always as it appears uh, when you look at at, at when people were coming and going. There, There was obviously a strategy being developed by Bannon and others at that time.
1: Well, that's right. And he had to be dropped from the campaign because it was discovered that he had received large influxes of cash that he had not declared. Um, from Ukraine as a consultant, and uh, also because he had failed to register his status as a foreign lobbyist. Uh, and so the optics just looked too bad. But notice that what he's pled guilty to here, and this is very significant, um, there were a number of, of charges that were dropped, but the charges that remained were conspiracy charges. Uh, and that means that there were other people involved in the conspiracy and we're not entirely clear what uh, Mueller's team is aware of in terms of who the other individuals in the conspiracy were. Um, So uh, that's something to keep one's eye on as we go forward. We'll start learning the details of that conspiracy and why it was such a powerful charge that finally uh, convinced Manafort to
0: flip. But with that in mind, Claire, uh, is, with Manafort's position in the Trump campaign, is is he one of those big fish that, that people were thinking, you know, hit, that Mueller had to land to try to get some some key information about this? I mean, everybody keeps trying to refer to this as, well, when's the John Dean moment coming when somebody actually is going to sit there and say, this is how it." I just can't live with myself anymore, this is the way it's going to be. Is Manafort that guy?
1: No, I don't think he is. I mean, he's He's not doing this because he couldn't live with himself anymore. He's doing this because he was facing many, many years in prison. Um, And and you can imagine how much Mueller's team has on him, given that he has not only agreed to cooperate with them, but he's agreed to forfeit four uh, enormously uh, wealthy properties um, and a huge uh, amount of cash and assets. He's giving up an awful lot of money uh, in order to make this deal, uh, $46 million in assets. And he has put no limits on the scope of his cooperation. So he's agreed to testify in court if necessary. Uh, he has agreed to tell prosecutors everything he knows. And he is now a, deemed a fully cooperating witness they must have a lot of information on him. Uh, As I said before, remember that he was part of that 2016 Trump Tower meeting. And what we haven't known and can only guess at is whether or not the president was aware of that meeting, whether or not he was even maybe present at that meeting or whether or not he was on the phone during that meeting. And if it turns out that he was aware of and involved in some way with that meeting, that would directly implicate the president in a conspiracy to violate campaign finance laws and to accept um, something of benefit from a foreign power.
0: Well, and that's some of the speculation, and you're right. At that point, it is only speculation about what was discussed in that meeting. We certainly know it had nothing to do with uh, Russian adoptions, as they first told us. Uh, uh, Jared Kushner uh, and, and others that were involved in that meeting at that time, and, and we also know at this course that, uh, that Donald Trump was in the building at the time. and Whether he was in that particular office or not, uh, uh, meet, we may find out. But I, I guess the question everybody's anticipating right now is what can Manafort offer at this stage? I mean, uh, we, we don't know uh, exactly what his involvement was. I mean, you know, the, there's always the speculation that even when he had to step down as to whether or not he still had his hands in, in what was going on with that operation, can can he offer a, a, a significant amount of testimony or or information that, that may open up different avenues for the Mueller investigation?
1: Look, he can offer an enormous amount of testimony that could be damaging to Donald Trump. Uh, It could be damaging to Jared Kushner, for example, um, as well as Donald Trump Jr. He can, in effect, implicate the whole family if they were indeed uh, involved in what we suspect they were involved in. So, for example, um, he will presumably testify and has given information to Mueller already About the details of that meeting Uh, what was the purpose of the meeting who exactly was present at the table was Donald Trump on the telephone Uh, he can also give details about back-channel communications Uh, we know that Jared Kushner had tried to set up back-channel communications to the Kremlin Uh, so you know what is the nature of those communications how far did they get in setting those up and again, how much did Donald Trump know about all this? It could be uh, a very, very significant um, testimony for uh, for Mueller that would really implicate potentially the whole Trump family.
0: We do know, and and again, some of this is going to be based on on what Bob Woodward wrote, but in other books that have written and others that have already come forward with this, uh, that in those days uh, of, of the Trump campaign, uh, Claire, uh, it was not one happy family. I, mean, you know, I mentioned Steve Bannon, Reince, Reince Priebus, and and, and Manafort. Uh, there was a lot of backbiting, a lot of chicanery going on there. So, and once there are cracks in something like that, sometimes I guess the uh, the job of the Mueller investigation is to find out exactly where those cracks are and probe them.
1: Well, correct, and uh, we know that there was a lot of tension between uh, Jared Nabanka and and Steve Bannon, for example. Um, uh, and we don't know fully how implicated Steve Bannon is in all of this. He's someone who hasn't fully come into public awareness as potentially part of this conspiracy. Um, uh, We know that uh, there have been tensions between members of the family and just about any other uh, outsider who uh, is involved in trying to run the, um, the Trump administration and presumably the Trump campaign as well. Um, so I think that uh, that's correct. We now, however, have an enormous number of cooperating witnesses, people who have uh, pled guilty uh, or have cooperated with investigators. And, and the picture is starting to fill out. When you start hearing the same thing from multiple witnesses, uh, the evidence becomes fairly overwhelming. We then expect that evidence to appear in a report that Robert Mueller will uh, present to Congress. If the testimony from Paul Manafort is significant enough, I think this could be the difference that could tip us into impeachment proceedings.
0: We don't know what Mueller knows, though, do we? I mean, they have been very tight-lipped, and and given the fact that there have been leaks from so many other sources uh, over the last couple of years, really, since this has been going on, Uh, Are you surprised that that Mueller's been able to keep a lid on on the information that they do have?
1: It's very impressive. He runs a very tight ship, uh, unlike the White House. And uh, one can only assume that he is extremely cautious in how he uh, handles information, how he disseminates it, it to his team, I assume that his team is extremely loyal to him. They are all very, very professional investigators, uh, uh, lawyers, and uh, have handled similar cases before, though obviously not on this scale. Uh, I think he just runs a very, very disciplined operation there. So it doesn't, knowing him from what we know of him, uh, it doesn't entirely surprise me
0: there are always concerns and and it's it flares up every now and then that uh, that the president or somebody may try to pull the plug on this investigation altogether uh- how would how would Robert Mueller try to, to defend something like that? Obviously, I mean, if you pull the plug, you pull the plug. But we've heard some rumors uh, down in the Beltway over the last couple of months that uh, he's actually started to disseminate some of that information to district attorneys in, in other jurisdictions, New York State and places like that, uh, in cases that maybe could be pursued by them. And that would, of course, take them out of the realm of, of, uh, of the, the president's influence when it comes to the judicial system.
1: Correct, and of course, um, fortunately or unfortunately, so many of these uh, crimes that were hanging over Manafort's head are financial crimes, and therefore they could be um, the subject of uh, prosecutions by ordinary federal investigators, prosecutors, or even state prosecutors. Uh, but what might Trump do to, to pull the plug? And one has to look very carefully at what the different methods he might adopt would be uh, and to think how Mueller might respond to them. The first thing is, uh, and and the thing that everyone has been most worried about uh, right now, is that he might try to still pardon Paul Manafort. That's mm-hmm. still not out of the question. Uh, a pardon can come at any time, even years after the uh, the crime. So... We don't know uh, whether or not he might—he's certainly looking at the option of uh, trying to issue a pardon, and that could halt potentially the cooperation between Manafort and uh, and Mueller's team. So that's one possibility. Then secondly, of course, he could fire uh, Robert Mueller. He could try to. Um, he could fire Rod Rosenstein, and we've been looking at those possibilities for a long time. Yeah. I still think that those moves are fairly unlikely, given the very obvious obstruction of justice that it would signal. Um, But the pardon possibility is not so remote, and I think that's the most likely way he might try to interfere with this particular
0: witness. Uh, Is is it commonly thought here in in the legal circles that uh, the, the White House would like to see this investigation wrapped up before the midterm elections?
1: Well, you might remember that Rudy Giuliani had said that the investigation was going to end on September 1. That obviously hasn't happened. Uh, They'd like the investigation to go away in whatever form as quickly as possible. They certainly don't want it hanging over their heads during the midterms. However, as between having a report from Robert Mueller come out right before the midterms or have it come out after the midterms, one might think they would rather that he held off and have it come out after the midterms. So the timing on whatever report Mueller may be preparing to issue uh, is a tricky matter, and it's not clear where their preferences might lie as we get closer and closer to the midterms.
0: But I've heard some of the arguments from some of the congressional leaders that say, look, he shouldn't even be doing this during the midterms uh, because of the influence it might have. But uh, this is an investigation into the Trump administration. And and as one so I think correctly pointed out, uh, Donald Trump's not on the ballot this November. Uh, So technically, this is fair game.
1: It's absolutely fair game. And of course, it's fair game to look at the congressmen and senators who have been relentlessly supporting him and uh, to look at Republicans who are on the ticket, who we expect to continue that support It's very much, while Donald Trump is not on the ballot this November, uh, how one feels about the administration and about the support that he continues to get in the House and Senate is very much on the ballot, Uh, and it seems like legitimate information that people want to have, ought to have, in deciding who they want to support.
0: It should be interesting developments this week as this rolls on, and as you say, we're obviously watching the White House to see what they're going to do about the Manafort situation. Claire, thanks, as always, for your uh, insight into the cigar. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me. Take care. Claire Finkelstein, of course, from University of Pennsylvania Law School. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900-CHML.